Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming to you on your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Jackie from Houston, I have Rahul here from Connecticut, and Alex from Maine. Guys, you are looking really fresh in those kits over there, huh? Yes, we are. We've got the, the Scorfex, Gucci, and Chelsea collab, so... Uh, props to our guy for for creating these um, beautiful kits, and yeah, I think I think they're only going to get better with time. Some of these designs he's coming out with are are impressive. So, props for this one, and and you've got yours coming as well, correct? They really do look good. I'm feeling a little bit jealous. Yes, mine is coming as well. And shout out to him for the customer service. The manufacturer sent me the wrong size, and he has been on top of it. So, I'm excited to match with you three for a future episode. But Rahul, you looking probably like flying in gucci over there then huh <laughs> no i feel pretty good it's very comfortable um and i can't wait to rock it in public yeah that's gonna be awesome so again thanks for the jerseys they're great if you haven't got yours yet he's doing another round coming out soon so if you like these and you want to get something hit him up Rahul. you can plug him later at the end of the podcast as yeah. well so all right guys let's move into transfers alex you have some news for us here yeah, so as always, um, let, let's just get right into my favorite saga to be following. <laughs> um, that would be the Erling Holland transfer rumors, which as always are chugging along. Um, recently, there have been a few a few news breaks, so I'm I'm looking here to keep up with it. But we had we had um, Dortmund signing Danielle Malin, which was uh, a replacement forward. Now, a skeptic might say that's a Jaden Sancho replacement. Uh, an opportunist who's also a Chelsea fan might say potentially here to fill the boots of a certain Norwegian striker who's bound for Stamford Bridge. Um, overall, it's it really is a lot more of the same, but there has been some confirmation that theoretically Chelsea are going to be making this rumored bid that's been going on for a while of roughly 130 million pounds, probably some add-ons to get it up towards 150 million pounds. That's the ballpark that we've been aware of the whole time. And I was personally stirring the pot on my good old Holland Hive account. <laughs> I, I posted a clip of Erling Holland saying the, the mood in the Dortmund team is pretty good, but there are some small issues. So I'll, I'll let people ponder as to what that could be. Um, we even had Tiago Silva's son, commenting on one of Erling Holland's posts saying, come Ooh. to Chelsea, please. So <laughs> agent, agent uh, Silva Jr. there, I guess, getting it done. <laughs> um, impressive what that family has, has done for Chelsea so far, despite the, the recent arrival. So, I mean, really, that's, that's the majority um, of what I've been personally focusing on. I know there's, there's plenty of other stuff whirling around but i don't know uh rahul if you have any thoughts on on your very favorite transfer saga <laughs> i do i'm just tired of it <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've been talking about this i remember you and i and jackie were talking about this back in like january and we we're like we need a striker we need a striker and i understand that these things take time and with huge fees involved <laughs> um it's just gonna drag out but it's just dragging out a little too much <laughs> Um, and we're about two weeks out from the start of the season. I'm like, if it's not going to happen, let's just focus on getting a player we can who can score the goals. I don't know who it is. Maybe it is someone we already have in Borja. 
who has been banging in the goals. I'm not comparing him to Holland, but um, with the right opportunity and backing, maybe he could be our guy. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about him, Rahul, since you brought him up? Yeah, so I mean, he's a 19-year-old youngster. Uh, for but he's at Chelsea. He's been Chelsea in the academy. Uh, went out on loan last season. He went to Vitesse, uh, one of our favorite loan destinations for our players. Right. Mount was there as well. Uh, he finished joint top goal scorer for them last season, 10 goals. Uh, and he's come back, signed a new five-year contract with Chelsea over the summer, and in preseason, again, scored three goals in three games. So he is making an impact and making a push for one of those attacking positions if he stays uh, at the end of the transfer window. Yeah, yeah. And there's no fee associated with him, right, Alex? <laughs> exactly. That's, that is, I will say, the, the lack of a £150 million fee is something that is desirable, certainly, from any Chelsea fan or Chelsea standpoint. So if he keeps impressing and, and ends up looking like he could be the next Erling Holland, uh, so to speak. Um, I think we certainly do want to utilize what we have, though. I think no matter who comes, even if we do get Holland or a second choice transfer, um, he probably will and hopefully will stay with the squad, given that Giroud is off to Milan and Tammy is still looking very likely to leave. So at this point, you know, I'm, I'm still certainly on the, on the Holland hype train, but I have nothing against our, our guy Armando. So I hope he succeeds here and I hope he impresses because I think he could absolutely be one for the future. And it's easy to talk, to, to get caught up maybe in, in all the new names and the excitement, but we do have to remember um, we played with, with, Timo Werner up top for a, for a, a large part, I suppose, of the season. Um, I still think he's got a great season in him if he gets some more game time because he he was unlucky in a lot yeah. of situations. VAR was ruling out goals, unlucky fouls, unlucky, I mean, even just unlucky deflections on the ball. Um, missed a couple absolute sitters, of course, but then again, he was crucial to some of our success later in the season. So I'm not panicking at this point. And for me personally, it's Holland or nothing. It's bring home Erling, bring home the best that we have available on the market or say we've got some serious ballers back home. We don't really need to settle. Um, so that's what I'm hoping Chelsea do. Yeah. Fair point. You guys have made, I think either way, which whether Chelsea go out and buy Holland and even make that deal happen or find somebody in house, whether it is going with Broha or even moving Warner back in and seeing if he can do it. Don't forget Kai Havertz played the number nine position for the end of the second half of that season. We do have Tammy Abraham who's up and down, but we do have options. So it's going to make for an interesting two weeks before the season kicks off. Uh, I know both of you guys are going to go back and forth. Rahul, maybe your heart can't handle it, but maybe you can update us on a couple of signings that Chelsea have made both for the men's side and the women's side. Yes, so we've actually finally did make a signing on the men's side. Uh, Marcus Bettinelli, a goalkeeper who was at Fulham for the last 10 or 11 years, uh, moves to Chelsea on a free transfer. And I, that's mainly driven by the fact that Willy Caballero, our third-choice goalie, left. Right. So Marcus comes in mainly as the third-choice goalie, but he could make a push to be second choice or uh, if... We end up selling Kepa, then Marcus becomes second choice. But for now, he comes in and adds to our goalkeeping uh, squad in terms of Mendy, Kepa, and now Marcus. And I personally haven't watched much of him, but 
Chelsea scouted him. Petr Cech's backed him. We saw the videos. Petr Cech is, is walking him in and kind of showing him around the club. So uh, I back this, and, and we'll see how he turns out for the club. Yeah, and Petr Cech backed Mendy, who turned yeah. out to be a pretty decent goalkeeper for us. So, again, just a third choice. But I think, Alex, it's good to see us making signings in the right positions that we need, right? Exactly. I think sometimes it was very fun, honestly, last summer, just getting the the here we goes every week, um, grabbing <laughs> six high-profile signings that I can think of and a few who have even yet to really be considered for the first team. But at this point, I think it's good that we're – I mean, a lot of people are frustrated by the lack of movement because, oh, we're the UCL winners. How are the Europa League bottlers, as I've seen <laughs> some people say? How are they pulling players and the UCL winners can't? I think it's as simple as we're not settling for targets that we don't need. We're not buying for the sake of buying. And I actually have supreme faith in Roman Abramovich in that unlike some owners of these big six clubs, these large clubs across the world, I don't feel like he's using Chelsea as a profit machine. We know he enjoys the club. We know he likes to invest in them. We know he enjoys the club's success. So even if, heaven forbid, seeing as I I really do want uh, another high-profile name or two, even if, heaven forbid, we make no new signings this summer and uh, Marcus Bettinelli is the only one who comes in, you know what? I have full faith that Roman will say, okay, next summer we can go out and spend that much more to achieve our very top target. So I'm not worried that the board or our owner is going to pocket the cash and run off. I'm not worried um, that Chelsea is going to squander the opportunities they have. I think if we can get our top names, we do it. Um, but I'm, I'm personally satisfied so far, and I still think we've got a couple big names coming. I don't know if, Rahul, you want to jump into one that has been heavily rumored now. Yeah, but I, I, before I get into that, I just want to talk about the one other signing that the club have made on the women's side, Lauren James. Uh, sister of Reese James is back home. Uh, she signed for Manchester United, and she comes back and adds to our forward line for the women's team. Uh, and exciting times for her because she was at the club since the age of six, moved away, uh, ended up at Manchester United, not a bad place to be. Uh, and Chelsea have brought her home this summer. Uh, and in the same deal, Hannah Blundell moves to the uh, to Manchester United. So just a thank you to her for her service. Uh, she also had a good history and a young career in terms of being an academy player at Chelsea. Uh, so she moves away and, and we wish her all the all the best. But coming back to the men's side, uh, Jules Conde, the center back from Sevilla, is heavily linked with Chelsea. And if we believe the reports that are going around, it's pretty much a done deal. Uh, just the here we go, as Alex was mentioning, is left to be said. <laughs> Uh, but what we've heard in the last few hours or a couple of days is Kurt Zuma might be going the other way to Sevilla which a little confusing, but we'll get your thoughts, Jackie, first, and then we'll see what Alex has to say. Yeah, you can see me shaking my head here. First of all, I'll be very honest. I don't know much about Jules Kunde. I've not seen him play. I've not really followed the Spanish league. I know, I know Sevilla did very well in their run in the Europa League, but I don't know much about the young lad. But if we're looking to go sign a centre-back, it's, it's one of those where I'm like, are we strengthening in the position that we need to? The answer might be yes. Where I don't understand it is we sold a young prodigy in Mark Guihi 
to I think it was to Crystal Palace. Yeah. And then we went ahead, let Tomori's loan go to a full transfer. And now we're trading a center back for another center back. Okay, I know that Zuma has his admirers and his haters. Um, which is kind of where I'm kind of confused here because I think I might be on the admirer side of the fence versus others might be on the hitter side of the fence. But we also have Malang Sar, who has yet to kick a, a ball for us on a professional game. And not to mention we've forgotten Christensen, Rudiger, uh, Reese James plays center back now, Aspili Quetta, and of course the great Thiago Silva. I- I'm almost wondering why we're doing this deal. I, I like Zuma. I think he's a good happy-go-lucky guy that brings positivity to the to the squad so it's a head scratcher for me but maybe the Chelsea team has scouted something that I've not seen I'll let maybe Alex you go before I I get lost in my train of thought here yeah I mean it's it's maybe not but it certainly came out of left field for a lot of Chelsea fans I don't think it's it wasn't one that was reported on it wasn't one that everyone was um, begging to happen um, now, maybe that I think does also at the same time confirm the idea that Chelsea work best in silence and everyone can spout all their opinions all they want. The Chelsea board <laughs> is getting things done. Um, so I personally don't have a huge problem with it. I understand the the idea of Mark uh, Guehi going out on loan, uh, not on loan, rather, <laughs> the straight sale. Um, I understand how that could be frustrating to Chelsea fans who, who have thought, okay, maybe he's our next gem, especially with Tamori leaving. Um, but I also have heard it said that Thomas Tuchel is an admirer of him. Um, I think it is important at this point that we do back the manager. So as much as I've said, I'm not begging for, for signings that aren't top priority. If Thomas Tuchel, who just came in, rescued our season, you could say, um, and won us the UCL, um, doesn't get a single target he really wants this summer, I think that will be a pretty big shame. So I'm glad he's coming in. Um, I've heard also lately that Kurt Zuma does not want to leave England and might be destined for West Ham. Um, instead of uh, being used as part of a swap deal, he would instead be going to West Ham. Now, I don't know if that opens any doors on on uh, a certain... Uh, Basmati Busquets I believe he might be referred to sometimes um so we'll see how that goes but but overall back back to Kunde, I just think he's a solid player he's a young player from what I've seen his stats are very good I know you can't always judge a player off that I haven't seen him much but if we continue to play with three center backs in the back time can only tell whether he'll be better than Tamori um who we let go perhaps but I have faith that the the board know what they're doing and that Tuchel knows what he wants in a player. Yeah, Raul, your thoughts on that one before we move on? Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you both have said. I think Kunde is more geared towards the right-hand side of the, the center-back pairing, and I think the thought is Espelicueta has been playing that position. Reese James obviously played it, but I think when Reese did that, we were saying we're taking away from the attacking threat that he brings. So Kunde coming in, maybe allows a more a little more flexibility and rotation in that position. So uh, not complaining, but obviously I don't want to see Kurt Zuma leave too, but I, we can't have them all. So right. that's, that's the, that's the bottom line. And moving on to Basmati Busquets, as he mentioned, um, <laughs> I, so I think. So sorry, every- just, just to clarify, his <laughs> name is Declan Rice for anybody yes. listening. Declan <laughs> Rice of West Ham. Yes. Go ahead, Rahul. <laughs> yeah, so he's also been linked with Chelsea. I think well, I saw on Instagram or something he removed West Ham or Hammers the, from his Instagram bio. Interesting. 
maybe really? I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if, if uh, that, no, I'm still seeing it, unfortunately. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's an admirer of Chelsea. We've spoken about him. Alex has said multiple times that he's pushing his way, working his way to a move for Chelsea. Um, and that apparently the board admires him and have looked at him. So don't be surprised if in the next few days, if we finalize Koundé, the next move is to go for a midfielder in Rice. Yeah, and I've, I've been saying this before. I'm, I'm not a big, big, big Rice fan, but I do think we need to strengthen that position. I believe that Conte is pushing 31 now and Jorginho is about to turn 30 as well. So if you got, I think Declan Rice is 21, 22. And if he's willing to learn from the best that there is in the business, you might see in the next two, three years, we might really have a strong talent on our hands that could take the mantle off from a Conte and a Jorginho. How incredible would that be learning from those two and then coming to your boyhood club and slotting in now? Is he willing to play second fiddle is going to be the big question, but I'd be interested to see how this one plays out, Rahul. Yeah, me too. I mean, I... It begs the question, right? We already have, you've mentioned Conte, Jorginho, Kovacic. Kovacic, yeah. But now we have Loftus-Cheek. We have a Danny Drinkwater. Not saying that they're going to stay, but they have been playing preseason. And we're looking at midfielders. Goes back to the discussion we were having about center backs. We have a lot of players. Um, and before we bring in new ones, I think we've got to decide what we're going to do with the existing ones. And maybe the club's decided and, and their opinion is we're going to sign new players. But... There's another one, but before we move on to another midfield, Alex, your thoughts on Declan Rice? Yeah, I think he's I, I he's certainly splits opinion on the Chelsea fan base, which is I think a little unnecessary in that he's he's not currently the second coming of Makalele, but he's also not by any means just an average poor player. He's 22 years old, I think. He's got a great work ethic, great leadership, and some pretty impressive attributes between the defensive cover side of things and some very solid uh, forward movement, forward passing, good transition play. He's not, he's not a finished product by any means, but he's, got, he's absolutely got the mindset and the uh, ceiling, I guess you could say, to get somewhere um, where he's a really, really valuable player for us. So I see no issue if, the, if this deal comes through. And as you guys have been saying, there's, there's no way, there's nothing bad about, about a, a defensive midfielder coming in and watching Prime and Golo Conte play every week. Not to mention Jorginho, who's had a, you could call it either half-joking or even serious Ballon d'Or shout of a season. He's coming in and watching two players who have excelled in their role recently for Chelsea, I think I think that could be a very very good transfer. So I'll be happy if it goes through. But as as with everything, I I don't think we should sacrifice more cash than we were initially willing to spend. Who knows what that sum could be? Um, but hey, maybe if if we do have to lose our our friend uh, Air Kurt Zuma, um, maybe this is one last solid he does for the Chelsea faithful and helps us get another promising player our way. So. Um, interesting to see how that develops, but I wouldn't be sad if that deal went through. Yeah, we just got to see how that plays out. But there's another midfielder from the French league who plays at Monaco. I'm going to try my best to get this name right. It's Orlean Tuchemeni. Um, and if I've gotten that wrong, I apologize. But he's a midfielder that's been linked with Chelsea. 
Um, I think he commented on the Jules Conde story saying he deserves it or something like that. And um, everyone started saying he's also pushing for a move to Chelsea. So another midfielder that could come in and do the job and maybe be a little bit more okay with being second choice uh, compared to a Declan Rice. But um, Alex, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I it's almost the exact same thoughts as with Declan Rice in that yeah. I don't think there's anything to get too worried about. If he doesn't come, it's not like we've missed out on the greatest player of this generation. But if he does come, there's every chance that he could continue to develop under our current world-class midfield. So I'm, I'm just happy. I'm happy to have the links because yes, I'm not, I'm not really getting too frustrated about the fact that we haven't been signing players every week. I'd much prefer us to strengthen strategically, but it's good to know the links are there. The board are rumored to be looking at these players and it's good to know the players are still uh, very much interested in joining the European champions. Yeah, for me, with all due respect to him, I don't know much about him. I, I do know he's a young player coming from the French League, and we have had some success getting players from the French League, but we've also had some unfortunate situations with players from the French League. Notably, the last one from Monaco was Bakayoko, who's also, by the way, a midfielder that's still with us. And so for me, again, just on the facts that I don't know him very much, given that we have Bakayoko, Danny Drinkwater, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, we do have players in that position-ish that could slot in without spending any money right now. Okay, if we're able to make some trades, like Alex has alluded to, we're not spending money, but in exchange for a like-for-like player, that could make some sense. But given that I don't know much about him, I'm going to reserve a lot of my comments. One thing I will say is that if we do go out and get a player in that position, it might be cheaper not to pay the English tax and go for someone like Rice, because we do know when you're trying to go for an English player in England, the price is very, very high, so... It'll be an interesting development and see what happens from that one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one midfielder that is currently at Chelsea, but almost on his way out on loan is Connor Gallagher, uh, linked with a move to Crystal Palace. So another young player uh, going to Crystal Palace. And I think it's good for his development. He gets another uh, season in the Premier League and comes back with uh, more experience and can add to our, our squad next season. But Speaking of young players, Miles Peart-Harris has moved to Brentford. That's a done deal. Uh, he sealed his move, and we spoke about this last time in the last episode, but he is a young striker who wanted to move away and get some playing time, and he's done that. Uh, so good luck to him. Uh, one deal that kind of got me by surprise in, in the terms of how much Manchester United had to pay for Rafael Varane, uh, who's moving to the Premier League, moving to Manchester United for about 30 million, 35 million, which is a bargain for a World Cup winner, a three-time, four-time Champions League winner. Uh, so your thoughts, Alex, before I get to Jackie, on United strengthening their squad after finishing second last season. Yeah, I think they're absolutely a team to be uh, wary of because no no team is not going to be improved by signing Jaden Sancho and Varane that's their two I mean Varane you could say absolutely a world-class signing I think it's not too much of a stretch um any any team would take him people were saying we'd like him at Chelsea now uh, obviously I'm not I don't feel like we've missed out and we should have swooped in and got him I think I'm quite satisfied our defense just set a Champions League clean sheet record but 
this was or least goals conceded maybe i'm not sure so, something like that yeah. um point is we have the danish maldini but um that's a very 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 good signing and it's they're strengthening an attack and now in defense they're going to be one to contend with you know it's it's an interesting one and i think the deal was for lack of a better word affordable because Varad was not going to st- sign an extension with Real Madrid and that's okay I think that's fine players sometimes want a new challenge why I think it was also so affordable I think his heart was set on United which to add on what Alex is saying is that they are building something there and something that we probably need to have a little bit of an eye on because Jaden Sancho Cavani last season you've got Varane following along they've got players that are interested to come to Manchester United yes I do know they pay a lot on wages but they really are building a good squad there. Juan Mata signed and, you know, he's got a great personality and good um, person to have in that team to just keep them going. And not to mention Jesse Lingard's gone back after having a wonderful spell at West Ham. They really are a strong, strong team if they can gel together. So I think they needed another center back other than just Harry Maguire. So him and, and, you know, one which is a little bit faster and Maguire a little bit tougher and good in the air. I think it's a good pairing that they've got. They've got a great left back possibly one of the best in the Premier League. They've got a good right back. So they're going to be a team to watch for this coming season. It's going to be impressive. I, I agree with you guys. And from what's being reported, their business isn't done. They're still going to strengthen. So uh, for all the banter and stuff we threw towards uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, <laughs> he's attracting the players and he's got the board at United to to believe in him and give him the funds that are required. So it's going to be interesting to see United uh, next season. I think they'll have a, a good season. Uh, just on the final center back moving to Arsenal, we spoke about Ben White. Pretty much a done deal at this point. Uh, I think they're just going to announce it in the next few days. And again, another club strengthening in the center back position. So um, he's a young player, a little bit different to the Varane situation. So that uh, Arsenal are paying for potential. Uh, but again, he adds to uh, Arsenal's defense and We'll get to see him, I believe, in our second game against them. Yeah, not much to be said about this one. I think we've already talked about it. So a a decent move for them, just slightly pricey. But again, we'll see how that plays out over the season to come. Absolutely. So uh, before we move on to just covering Chelsea's preseason and how things have been going, uh, Jackie, you wanted to cover an incident from, I believe, the Euro 2020 final? Yeah, this is an interesting incident that just came out in the last few days in England. So a lot of people are aware that in the Euro 2020 final, the three players, that's Marcus Rashford, Rashford Jaden Sancho, and Bukayo Saka had missed their penalties in the Euro finals, which happens to some of the greatest players. It, it's no shame in that happening. However, they were racially abused quite severely, not by a handful of fans, but quite a few different people all across different social media platforms. And us three have sat on this podcast and talked about what can be done by social media, what can be done in the environment that we live in as, as sports fans and playing football and supporting football. News has come out that three players that are part of the Portsmouth youth team, if I read everything right, have been fired or have had their contracts terminated because they were found out to have contributed to this alleged racial abuse that happened, which is A very, very sad situation when professional or aspiring professional footballers are 
then going out and abusing these, these, for lack of a better word, they are stars. These three players are stars and have made it in the Premier League and in England. They've gone out and abused them, but Portsmouth have taken the right steps and have terminated their contracts. So there, there are things being done. It's visible to see, and hopefully more clubs go down this path because I think this will send a very, very strong message to not just the Portsmouth players that are remaining in the squad, but other other teams to sit up and take notice that this is not going to happen, even if it's not within your club. So good to see overall, I would say. Yeah, I think that's also an especially strong message to other youth players, just the knowledge that if you're not respectful and if you end up, I, I mean, just if you end up, abusing people as we've seen for a variety of disgusting reasons over uh past events you can literally have your your dreams of being a professional player just evaporate right in front of you which is a good a good thing to know and i think it's important to for people to realize that there are actual consequences to their actions because the recurring theme we've seen in a lot of these discussions is a complete lack of consequence for people who hide behind accounts and spew anonymous online abuse um, I think it's good for there to be some accountability and and anyone aspiring to be a professional uh, should be well aware that their career is entirely on the line if if you choose to be as stupid as that so uh, good on them yeah I agree with everything you guys have said and um, not much more to add there but I'm sure the uh, investigation will continue it doesn't stop with these three guys but uh, it shows you the consequences that are that are in place if you do such um, disgusting acts. So uh, moving on to some happier times and, and some more positive times. So Chelsea preseason has been going on. Uh, we actually flew out to Dublin, Ireland, had a summer training camp. We're supposed to have a game against Droghead, which just on a side note, every time I hear that team name, I just think about Drogba's header in the Champions League <laughs> final. Um, but that game got canceled. There was a, a positive COVID test for one of the Chelsea staff members. So that game was canceled. Uh, there was an intra-squad friendly that happened and it ended 1-1. And uh, I believe it was hudson Adoy and Armando Broja who scored in that game. So good to see that Chelsea still made a good situation out of, um, you know, something that wasn't very uh, good in terms of one squad member or one staff member going down. But they after that they cut short their training camp and headed back to England uh, and faced off Bournemouth the other day so unfortunately Jackie and I had to miss the game but Alex was out there covering it and watching it closely so I'll pass it on to Alex yeah so there, I wouldn't say there was maybe too much that we want to read into this game it was a preseason game good opportunity to get minutes under the belt of some of our players um, we did come out with a win in the end. It was 2-1 to Chelsea. It wasn't easy. We started by going 1-0 down, and then it, I, I was joking that the, the lone army actually beat Bournemouth because it was our second-half subs, our, our youth boys, uh, that certain Armando Broja, who we'd been talking about before, um, and Ugbo, I believe, uh, was the second scorer. So two young Chelsea strikers got the job done. Um, well done to them, and they they rescued us certainly for a bit of, from a bit of internet trolling on behalf <laughs> of rival fans. So I was thankful for that, and we did see some good flashes from our first team as well. Um, Callum Hudson Odoi looked really good coming off the right. I believe he was playing as a right wing back. 
um, he just constantly, constantly provided a threat. And that's where maybe I, I sort of see the logic actually just coming back to that Jules Kunde uh, signing. We'd been in the market for Hakimi. That transfer didn't go through. So now instead of getting, we knew Tuchel wanted a little extra cover on the right. Instead of getting a new right wing back, we've now got maybe a right center back who could play at on the right of a back three if needed, just as, as a right center back and a back two. Um, but that maybe gives that extra bit of cover because perhaps Callum Hudson Adoy is going to get some good shouts at right wing back. And we know what Reese James can do there. So now maybe the thinking is we've got two who can play right wing back between Aspi and now Kunde. We've got two who can play right center back. That gives us some pretty good depth and cover. Um, and obviously Reese is very versatile as well. So I think we've got a, a good thing shaping up there in the back line. Um, and it's always great to see Hudson Adoy performing well because we know the levels he can hit. Um, and he's come back from some serious injury issues and looks quite bright, quite sharp, quite confident again. So I'm, I'm completely happy to see him doing well. Um, and another one who impressed me was Hakeem Ziyech. He had a pretty good... Um, pretty good showing from what I saw a couple times. He, he maybe missed a pass he could have done to Polisic. I'm biased, but uh, he, he impressed. Um, and then I guess, I guess we've got to shout out Danny Drinkwater for actually dropping quite an impressive performance for midfield. He was pinging long passes. Um, I mean, it, it, you, you would almost, it, if you weren't wearing your glasses for the game, you would say, Oh, that's Jorginho back there dropping uh, pinpoint passes to our forwards. So impressive, impressive from the guys, good minutes in the tank, Polisic drawing fouls and dribbling as always should have had um, at, very close, at least to drawing us two penalties. So I wasn't too worried about his performance overall. It was exactly what we needed minutes in the tank time for some youngsters, a good result, zero complaints there. That's a textbook preseason game. Yeah. A couple of things I want to add on to what Alex has already said, drink water, did really have some amazing passes. So maybe he can reinvent himself and Tuchel see something that some other ma managers have not seen. So good luck to him there. On the opposite side, talking about Hudson Odoi playing right wing back, there's another player that I thought did decently well, which was Dujon Sterling. And he has a good set of energy on him or a good set of legs on him because I think he could potentially play that right wing back position should we not go out and strengthen anywhere else and if we want Callum playing further up the field so though that's another player I would look at I don't know if he's going to go out on loan if Tuchel's got some ideas for him but he looks pretty good as well now on the flip side I don't like to do this but in that first half I know Tammy Abraham missed a pretty a pretty decent opportunity and Rahal I see you chuckling there I'm not, I'm not the biggest Tammy <laughs> Abraham fan but I do I do call him out because I think <laughs> the potential is there but he misses a lot of opportunities that sets him sets him apart from being a good striker and a world-class striker. And so that's really all I'll say. And then maybe you can add a few words on anything else you want. You don't have to talk about Tammy. <laughs> it's when you started talking about Tammy, I was like, this reminds me of when we first started the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think you're right. I, from the highlights I watched, and again, you can make uh, a lot of judgments from the highlights, but the few chances that fell to him, he missed them or they were right at the goalie. And um, I, I thought to myself too, I'm like, that's like you said, that's the difference. That's what we've been asking for from him is put away your chances. And we may not even be having to spend 150 million 
exactly because he has the potential he's got age on his side um and i think that's where the difference is where a holland buries those chances a tammy abraham we talk about all oh, could have done better uh and at this level as champions of europe i think if we're pushing on to be premier league winners we need that extra bit of uh clinical finishing from our striker so that on Tammy Abraham I think he's got to add that to his game and now is the time he's got time in the preseason to impress and, and make a claim for that position uh, and apart from that like Alex said I think this was more about getting minutes and uh, personally I'm not reading too much into this game because most of our starters were not there uh, and in two weeks time when we for, open up the campaign against Palace some of these players unfortunately I, it, I'm not trying to be rude or anything will not be playing that game so uh, I'm more interested in seeing what we do against Arsenal and Spurs in the, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, as am I. It's going to be interesting to see. And over the next couple of weeks, do you think that's going to be enough time? I know we have a few more things to talk about, but enough time for the first 11 to really get warmed up to the season. But before you, any of you guys answered, Alex, probably you need to go first. But this has been a good preseason and the fact that a lot of our players actually got a break. I do know that Italy did go all the way to the final. England did go to the final. But a lot of players are getting a holiday. They're getting a break since last year, which was a weird, weird off year. So you've already touched on Pulisic looking fresh, Callum Hudson-Odoi looking fresh. It's something to be excited about. But the ones that are coming back late, well, they haven't enough time to get their legs back to up to speed. Yeah, it's not necessarily going to be easy necessarily. It's not necessarily going to be easy, I would say. Um, I think it's always good for players to get a bit of a rest. And as we said, with the lockdown, with the weird COVID situation, we were looking at a point where the players weren't getting the traditional sort of reset that you might have going into a new season. Um, we obviously had, I, I mean, I was watching Christian Pulisic streaming Fortnite from, from, from lockdown. This was not an average, uh, not your average off season. And everyone knew that the premier league was going to resume. And then it went quite late. Um, I think it's good to have the normalcy back. Even if I, I've heard now, apparently there are some COVID scares among premier league teams. Um, and obviously one canceling our, our match against drug Heda, uh, but I think I think this is going to be really, really big. Some people hype up preseasons and they say, oh, this coach hasn't had a full preseason. This player hasn't had a full preseason. Just wait, just wait to see what they can do. I've never really had an opinion on that. I think sometimes you don't need it. Sometimes you do. Um, I'm interested to see, though, what this Chelsea squad can do because I think I think they're all going to be coming in hungry and coming in looking to cement their place because we're the European champions. Your spot is not assured. So every player on the roster is going to be looking for uh, a statement to be made. Yeah, that's certainly something that I'm looking forward to in the next few, few games here and left in the preseason, but Rahul, do you want to take us through what's coming next? Yeah. So like we mentioned, there's the mind series. We covered that a little bit in our last episode in terms of why we're doing this. Uh, but the first game is this Sunday against Arsenal at the Emirates uh, and Again, it's a good opportunity to get minutes under your, under your belt. I, I expect some of the, the first team players who came back into training uh, earlier this week to be at least on the bench and, and come on at halftime or, or even later in the game. Um, and it's a 3 p.m. kickoff in the UK, so that's about 10 a.m. for us over here. Uh, games available on the Fifth Standard app. I believe you have to pay for it. 
just because they're trying to raise money for the mental awareness and mental health campaign. Uh, but if there's any time to donate or give away some money, this is the time because you end up getting to watch Chelsea play. So uh, looking forward to that. And then on, on Wednesday, I believe we play Tottenham at the bridge and that's when we'll be parading the Champions League trophy <laughs> and hopefully debuting the Jules Conde song, which basically is the Williams song just with Conde. Do you know whoever planned the schedule of the Champions League parade the same day as we're playing Tottenham deserves a raise because that <laughs> is smart planning right there. <laughs> but yeah, th- those are some good games, good London derbies, not having to travel too far. will get, get us excited to go through with preseason and, and kind of show what we can do against our rivals. Again, my hope is like what Alex said, just get warm out there, but not necessarily go over the top. Uh, we want to keep ourselves fresh and, and fit with all our players going into the first game coming up, which, Alex, it sounds like our first game then is going to be with uh, Super Cup coming down to Villarreal on uh, the 11th. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how we can do in that match because it's honestly not not a trophy I would normally care too much about, but I think especially coming off that lost to Liverpool in the last Super Cup we were in. Um, it was unlucky. Pulisic had his uh, goal ruled out for offside. I think it's it's vengeance time, and I would love to see us start off on the right foot because what better way than to come into the season with what is technically a piece of European silverware already secured? Yeah, and it just does the whole squad a world of confidence to just kick it off with silverware. Rahul, I think you'll remember when Jose Mourinho came in, in his first season, he had put all of his efforts into winning that first ever Carling Cup because he said, once you taste silverware right early on in the season, it's just something you kind of springboard off of and kind of go forward from there. Yeah, I agree with you. And we haven't won this since 1998. So uh, it's about time we've won the Champions League a couple of times in that period. We've won the Europa League and we've played the Super Cup every time we've done won those competitions <laughs> and, and lost. So uh, a good time, and hey, Tuchel will then be the first manager to win two European trophies as his first two trophies, so not a bad thing to have on his resume. Not at all. All right, Rahul, do you want to take us through the women's fixtures that are coming up as well? Yeah, so their fixtures were announced. They start in September, and they kind of have a, a tough start with an away fixture to Arsenal, uh, followed by a fixture at home to Everton. And I, as I mentioned in the last episode, uh, all the home games are sold out at this point. So the Kings Meadow will be rocking and then Manchester United. So Lauren James will be reunited with some of her teammates pretty early in her Chelsea career. Yeah, those are some tasty fixtures to kick off the season too. So it's going to be interesting to see. And we'll be following. We want to know what's going on, especially since they had such a great season. They've strengthened well again in the summer. So that's going to be interesting. Now, one of you guys wanted to talk about Keppa. I don't remember who was going to talk about Keppa. It was more about the interview that came out. I think it was with the Players uh, Tribunal. Uh, and it was just a good interview. He did honest, shared how he's been doing since his move to Chelsea, that incident with Sarri. Um, and just overall how he's progressed in terms of last season under Lampard. And, and uh, it was just a good interview, and I wanted to just bring that up because if you haven't checked it out, definitely look it up, and uh, it gives you some good insight into uh, his mental health as well as how he's been bouncing back from the tough time that he's had uh, in the last year or so. 
Yeah, I actually took the opportunity to read the article, but Alex, if you have some thoughts on it, go ahead, please. Yeah, no, it was, I, I was just going to say, I, I also thought that was a great read because he's a player who's certainly misunderstood and uh, definitely got it more than his fair share of criticism, perhaps in his brief time here, I suppose not, not too brief. And he did actually start with a, a very impressive season that ended in a Europa League win for us. So I think it's, it's good to bring him a little more respect because he definitely needed that. Yeah, the read was nice to also see that Kepa does have a positive outlook on how things are going with Chelsea, given that it has been a little bit tough. And it's nice to kind of connect the dots that this article is coming out the same time that Chelsea's playing the Mind series. I think all of that just kind of ties in very well together. And, and it's good to see that he's going to be putting his best foot forward. So Mendy and him are going to have a, a good competition in the next few weeks here to see if Tuchel sticks with Mendy and we've talked about this before guys, or is Kepa going to come out flying and we're going to have a new number one again? Yeah. I mean, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say with AFCON uh, knowing that Mendy, I believe is going to have to leave midway through the season for a bit. I think that's going to be a massive uh, test. Uh, Assuming Kepa's fit and in relatively decent form at that period, I could see him saying, this is my chance to impress and, and maybe hold on to that, that first choice spot. So I'm excited to see how this goes. And healthy competition is always a good thing for a top club. Yeah, agreed. Rahul, your thoughts really quickly? Yeah, I was just going to say, we've seen the best of Kepa under Tuchel. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does after a full preseason under his belt. And then, like Alex said, when AFCON comes around, we'll need him ready to go. So uh, not a bad option to have a 70 million goalkeeper to fill in the boots right definitely not at all and it kind of reminds me of the days when we had Kudicini and Czech together yeah whichever one played I never had an issue because I knew we had two very stable goalkeepers so it's going to make for an interesting season and speaking of interesting season Rahul you wanted to play a fun little game here to wrap up today's episode uh do you want to take us through what you had in mind I did I'm not sure if we're ready to give our answers yet I personally am not but what I was going to do was I was going to tease it. We'll come back next episode with our answers. Okay. We'll open it up to our listeners, to our followers, and let them provide their inputs, and then we can share some of those. So the game really is our Premier League predictions, 21-22. Uh, and it's obviously the winner, the runner-up, Golden Boot, Best Playmaker, Golden Glove, Player of the Year, Young Player of the Year, someone you think that might have a breakout season, so breakout player, Biggest flop and dark horses. So a bunch of categories that we can spend some time to think about um, and then come back and, and see what we've all got. And then we can review that throughout the season as well as at the end of the season. Yeah, that'll be definitely a fun one to, to participate in. And definitely on Instagram, if we get people voting on it or giving their feedback, we can probably kind of put together a little poll and see how that comes out. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds good. I'll be ready. um but yeah that that that's the that's what i was thinking of for our uh, prediction episode as we get into um doing that in the next couple of weeks and we'll we'll see what we come up with hopefully it's some fun stuff and players that we may not have thought about teams we may not have thought about that can uh make the list and we'll put it up on instagram and and get some responses like you said jackie but that wraps it up guys Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chels on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Instagram. And on Twitter, it's at Premier Chels. Please also follow Alex. It's at Pulisic FC 22. 
Uh, and it's not just Pulisic content. He puts out some good stuff uh, as well as on the men, U.S. men's national team who uh, are in the final, Alex, of the Gold Cup. Yeah, they made it with a, a slightly scrappy uh, late winner against Qatar, but we don't complain. So this is a team without all their traditional starters, their European-based stars. We know Pulisic is busy uh, over in London getting those preseason minutes in. So well done to the U.S. men's team. It's going to be interesting. And I'm just looking now. Uh, perhaps I'll be catching the end of this game. It's 1-1 Mexico-Canada in the 90th minute. So um, looking like it's all up in the air as to who the U.S. will be facing in this final. Yeah, whoever it is, it should be a good game. And if it's Mexico, it's a rematch of the uh, Nations Cup from June. So uh, we'll report back on that in our next episode. But uh, right before we wrap it up here, if you want to grab yourself one of these Chelsea Gucci kits, check out uh, Scorf, S-C-O-R-P-H dot X on Instagram. Reach out to him and, and he'll hook you up and, and uh, get you one of these awesome jerseys. But uh, until then, stay safe and up the Chelsea.